BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So, you know, and going back to when we were talking about holistic, most of what I suggest to people is really like writing, like self-reflection and learning what is a healthy relationship look like? What, what does a secure attachment look like? And one day at a time, trying to get themselves there and being gentle when you don't do it. Because like you said, it's not overnight. It takes a long time and a lot of patience. And Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to another episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah, and I am the securely attached one. And I'm Emily. I'm the I'm like anxiously attached, depending on who you are, but like most of the time I'm not attached to anybody. So like, um, I'm a hodgepodge. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> a hodgepodge. And welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast. podcast. Uh, so... I have like bachelor tea, I guess, for you. Okay. This has nothing to do with whatever happened on this past week's episode. Yeah, because um, I haven't watched it yet. I still have not watched okay, it. Okay, perfect, perfect. Glad so we're, we're good. On that we're same. Good. <laughs> We've watched the last episode, which was Thomas getting kicked off. Bye, Thomas. Well, <laughs> speaking of Thomas. Speaking of so Thomas. I had a friend who is from Chicago and she went home for like Fourth uh, of July weekend. And she texted me one day and she was like, do you watch The Bachelor? I was like, of course, obviously, duh. It's one of the pillars of the show, of course. And immediately she texts me a photo standing next to this dude. And at first I do not recognize this dude. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, oh shit, it's Thomas. <laughs> Just got yeeted off The Bachelor. She literally, she was out with her, like her brother and his girlfriend um, and like her friends uh, one night in Chicago and she watches the show. So like she knew who the dude was and everything. She just saw him like get his heart broken like on national television. And he apparently was out like at some bachelor party going on. And apparently, allegedly, according to her, he is not an asshole. Okay. He's rather nice. Uh, I don't know if I should, I'm not going to break the tea that she told me because out of like, Respect, like respect for okay, for a public for privacy, figure. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to spill some tea that was given. He is dating someone though. Okay. From the Bachelor franchise. Oh. That is all I'll say. Okay. That is all I'll say. Well, I just feel like they edit people to look like assholes when they're really. Oh, absolutely. When they're really not. Like me, so. and, me and her were talking about how like we both have always wanted to go on the show, but we 
also were like terrified to know like what our edits would be because we we're both very sarcastic uh <laughs> and both have like sarcastic dry. fiery like absolutely. a lot of passion absolutely like she literally is not afraid to stand up yeah. for somebody if like someone's being a bully absolutely and I know that I would get probably a negative edit. So. You would probably be the like that one of the group that, that everyone's like. Ugh. If you would love me or hate me, I, I don't know. Where yeah, you would I be think in. it would be. I would just one want, extreme or the other. I would just want to be a meme. At some point. You would definitely like be one a of meme. my like one of my reactions. You would be shots. the meme. No, you would be the meme sitting like on the couch drinking a Jack and Coke, like looking at everybody, just like what is happening. Like, like <laughs> anytime a fight happens, the, I'm literally the one right that's there. Like, but, like, you wouldn't be involved in no, the No, there would be, like, two girls fighting with each other, and then you would see me, like, in, in the background behind them drinking out of a coconut, like, just, like, what the fuck is, like, <laughs> this is this is juicy. I'm here for all of this. You would see me in the background of all of the dramatic shots, just, like, drinking tea. Yes. Or drinking, yes. Uh, like, a pina colada, like, just trying to absorb all the drama. And, yeah, I mean, you guys all know that, like, my pitch that I had for Matt James' season. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad I actually did not go on that season. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. As much as I wanted you to in the beginning, halfway through, I was like, Emily yeah, right. dodged a bullet. But, like, when she texted me saying that, like, she – did I watch The Bachelorette? Like, I knew she – I had, like, an instinct because I knew she was in Chicago the time that she was going to say that she met somebody. And my first instinct was, like, this bitch better not have just met – pilot Pete because I was about to be hella disappointed and like angry <laughs> be like girl what no goodbye trash she hates him she like didn't even watch that season because she could not stand him so it's fine so yeah, that, that we, whole, we avoided that whole clusterfuck I'm sad that I, that was like the like first season I really got into <laughs> yeah you really got in on a bad season because I started with because I watched Higgins. the tail end of Hannah Brown like I started with when, when it was like hometowns yeah and I was like, okay. Well, I really got invested with Hannah Brown when Casey told me that she dated Luke Peace. So. I know. Then I was like, wait a minute. I Which we've done know. a whole episode on that, by the way, yes. if you're curious. I think it is um, how to know like if you're the toxic one, something mm-hmm. like that. Something like that, know. but it's, it's with the Casey. episode with Casey Noel. Yeah. Go listen to it. She talks about her experience dating Luke P mm-hmm. before he was on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. So it's really juicy. It's a wild ride, definitely. But yeah, I was like, what is with all my friends having some connection? To The Bachelor. Like, they're, these two, are, they're not the first two. Like, I know of other girls who are friends with some of the girls that have gone on the show before. I've had some friends that have, like, gone really far in the auditions before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, maybe I'm the next one. Who knows? I pitched my be. Nana to go on the senior version you of the show. You did not. I wanted her to oh. go on. No, 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 I no, no, like, no. I was like, oh, not. my gosh. <laughs> Nana's going to kill you. <laughs> She's going to wake up to a phone call and be like, my Emily did what? <laughs> oh my God. No, I would not actually do that without her consent. No, I just think it'd be <laughs> I hysterical. Said, I pitched my nana. I was like, what? No, I pitched the idea to her and she and said, she's hell like, no. Absolutely not. But I knew, I used to know a girl who worked in the casting for The Bachelor. And she asked me one time, she's like, do you know any guys who would be like a really good bachelor, like contestant, like who would be a, like a good entertaining dude, but actually like wants to be in a relationship kind of guy. And I only knew one guy that watched the bachelor and it was that the guy I rebounded from with the doc from the mm, doctor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, he doesn't deserve happiness or fame, honestly. Uh, so we're just not going to even, rem- I was like, Nope, don't have anybody. Sorry. I love it. I was like, I'm not giving him that satisfaction. No, no. Ugh. Do you have any stalker updates for us this week? Um, yeah, sort of. So I arrived to work on Tuesday morning. 
Tuesday morning and I was first one because I have a, like a really early eval time and we're like, I have like new people come and do evaluations with me and I park my car in my spot, you know, and I see him walking and I'm like, okay, just lock yourself in the car and like, look down, look distracted. If he starts walking your way, we'll drive off. Mm-hmm. And he just kept walking. Like he looked oh. and he just kept walking and I was like, okay, I like grabbed my stuff and yeeted inside <laughs> and I was like shaking I was like oh, he's gonna come around the bush like I was like shaking I was like this is terrible like I should not feel this uncomfortable going into work and I was like okay well like great like mm-hmm. he's got the memo like mm-hmm. he just is over it nope Tuesday afternoon the same day the same day he was on the corner with his dog like what just like watching our building at like five after five waiting so my coworker had left and she called me. She said, you can't go out there. He's there. He's there. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> back. And I was like, you don't have to. Like, there were like three or four other people there and they were going to walk with me outside. And um, she, she comes back and like stops at the stop sign across from him and just stares him down. Oh my God, me. And he like turns and walks off. Good. And then we all went outside and it was fine. Um, didn't see him today, but there was a thunderstorm on the horizon. So, and it was like sprinkling. So I don't know. I think I'm going to buy one of those like noise things, those things you put on the, I don't know exactly what they're called, but you like put it on a keychain, and when you pull it, it makes this like really loud noise, like a terribly loud noise. So like anyone around would be like, what the heck is that? And like maybe pop their head out of the door or like would scare the person off. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, um, you still have not used my tool, which is completely free, which is just bark at him. Oh, yeah. I could start. Well, I don't know. He's got a dog, and he might like that. Remember <laughs> we had that conversation? I was like, you know, he might be into that. You never know. But, yeah, it's just it's just not great. Oh, he meow at him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, can you just stop, please, and leave me alone? So mm, mm. I'm hopeful that, like, August will bring us a lot of rain. Yeah. And that will, like, keep the walks to a minimum because I've seen him like throughout the day walking down to the gas. There's Mm -hmm. a gas station. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just part of his path. Like Mm -hmm. that's his path to and from, but I'm like, Mm -mm. you don't, you don't wait on the side for somebody to leave their place of work. So I'm like, you need a different path or I need a different car or a different. I I love my job. So I'm like, you can't quit your job. But, um, (laughs) yeah, they were like, you need to do something different with your hair. And I was like, like what? Chop it off. I ain't doing that. Like, (laughs) You change your hair? What? What? Like, what should, that I, should I go blonde? Like what a are- cold day in hell. <laughs> the day you decided to like, oh, I'm just gonna dye my hair blonde. Like I'm just gonna. If be you dyed your hair blonde, I would literally call nine one one because I would be so concerned for your mental health. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm like I, she's on the verge of a breakdown. Yeah. If I ever go, if I ever bleach my hair blonde, like something hasn't like seriously gone wrong citizens arrest seriously gone citizens wrong. arrest i am zip tying you because to i've your seen bed. my hair with blonde highlights and like blonde remember when ombre was a thing mm-hmm. i did both of those things mm-hmm. with blonde mm-hmm. and oh, my girl, dark hair I remember. it turned yeah because we were in the this was like after the musical or it was mm-hmm. like something we knew each other we, we knew friends. each other and it turned like an army green bronzy color and it was terrible and i was like never again Zip tying you to your bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me and your boyfriend, yep. we are yep. handcuffing you. I'm not you allowed to leave. No. <laughs> you can bring me Starbucks. Bring me things that make me happy. Starbucks, dogs. A therapist. The hills. Hide all sharp <laughs> objects from you. 
Um, which, where are you at in the hills, by the way? Oh my God. Where are you at? Well, have I used that as my captivation? I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's my captivation because I am literally obsessed to the point y'all today Yes. where we were talking at work and I said something along the lines of, I'm just going to keep my mouth or I'm going to keep my opinions to myself because they just always get me in trouble. And I was like, I feel like Lauren from the Hills and my coworkers were like, we've never watched the Hills. I was like, don't speak to me, which it was like, that was me like three weeks ago. Um, where so am I in the Hills? I've grew um, up I'm so proud. Jen Bunny just told, oh, fucking Jen Bunny. I know, told Lauren that Brody was the one that spread the rumors about her her and Jason. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And she just mm -hmm. confronted him about it. And mm -hmm. then Jason is engaged mm -hmm. to somebody. Mm -hmm. Can't remember how her name. They both are felons. So it's fine. Yes. Um, and then Heidi and Spencer don't really know what's up with them. No one cares. They, Nobody really cares about them to be completely honest. Honestly, no. um, so that's kind of where I am. Where is she living at? That's Lauren. How, yes. She's still at the same apartment, apartment. with okay. Audrina. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me know when they get to the house. Okay. I'll let you know when I get to the house. Because that's when some tea gets filled. Yeah. That's when some I, drama is kicked up a notch. I, I. Because you've seen, you've seen the season three, episode one fight at the nightclub with yes. Heidi and Lauren. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, epic. Iconic. Love it. Have you seen that? Um, I can forgive you and I want to forget yes. you. Uh, yes. Iconic. Yes. Mm -hmm. so Those are like, all great lines. So the next iconic moment will be in the house when Audrina and Lauren have a fight and there's okay. a single black mascara tear running down Lauren's face. Oh. I feel it like is iconic. I can, I can definitely feel Audrina and Lauren's like friendship coming to an end. Like I feel it's like kind of oh, we just, we're we tiptoeing there. Have you met Stephanie Pratt? I have not met Stephanie. Oh, Whitney is the boss. Whitney is over. Whitney just messed up a photo shoot with the rock stars because they all went out to yes. to drink. Yes, that's kind of where I am. Yes, dumb um, move on Whitney. I love Whitney. Yeah, but that was oh, a, that dumb, was a dumb, dumb move. move. I thought you said move. don't. Don't lose or something. No, no, no. That was a dumb move yeah. on her part. I was like, you don't go dream with the talent. Like, no. no. God, if but I had done that on any film set, I would immediately be fired. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Like on film sets, you do not talk to the talent or the director. However, yeah. on my sets, I break that barrier yeah. and I'm like, please talk to me. Right. Especially if I'm just talent and I'm like... I hate the idea that some people like on some sets are like, don't talk to actors like at all. Like tell the crew not to talk to the actors. Don't bother them. A lot of times we're fucking lonely. You like, need, yeah, you need some. Like sometimes like if it's right before, like don't talk to us like right before we go like in front of camera or if it's like right before like a really big emotional scene, usually I'm trying to like get into that headspace and like, you know, work on my breathing and everything like that. But if like it's a comedy and super lighthearted, um, I'm not some like in touch, untouchable Thing. like yeah. you can talk to me <laughs> yeah have you watched the new gossip girl yet i have not okay i haven't either okay maybe we need to watch it so we can chat about it yes i am on the last season of greek right now okay there's only four seasons um okay but <sighs> yeah well, i think my captivation is going to be the hills because okay. i feel like i feel like a terrible person for sleeping on it for so long because i've literally just never, yes because um, it. it was on when we were in high school so yeah 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 Okay, well, for my captivation, we're going to completely different territory, which is food. And oh. it is, oh my God. Okay, so Trader Joe's came out with this new cheese called garlic 
bread cheese. Okay, wait. I saw that on TikTok. Oh my god, it's so good. It wait, so are we gonna have that on our charcuterie board for your birthday? Yes, because, yeah. Okay. It doesn't have a high melt point. Yeah. Um, or a low melt. Because I have an air fryer. What is it? Low melt point? I don't know. You know how mozzarella melts really easily. Yes. This cheese does not melt really okay. easily, so okay. you can't get it like all stringy and melty on right. a piece of bread. I've tried. I've <laughs> I put it on the broiler. I've baked it. I've microwaved it. It does not get really cheesy. It is more made to be cut up and I put on a cracker kind of cheese. But it tastes like garlic cheese bread cheese. I it's, We have to get that. It's so good. I <laughs> like, have to. Like, you can warm it up. You can eat it cold. It still tastes great and amazing. Like, oh, my God. On a, like, one of those clubhouse butter crackers. Those are the best. Oh, it's so People good. be sleeping on those crackers, though. I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. Like, on, mm-hmm. on boards, I'm like. Where are the clubhouse crackers? Like, where are Those they? Those are the only ones that Those I eat. Only so that's good ones. The only crackers we will have on our sugar board. So it sounds perfect. <laughs> I love your boards. Thank you. <laughs> like, it is, oh my God. Like, if you like Papa John's uh, garlic cheese bread, mm-hmm. or like the Domino's garlic cheese bread, mm-hmm. like that inner part and everything like mm-hmm. that, you will like this cheese. It is probably, like, it, I don't know what type of cheese it is. Yeah. It does not say. So it doesn't matter. It's always great. It's garlic cheese bread. It's always fine. It's, 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 it, I have no idea what kind of cheese I'm eating. It is probably not healthy for me oh, at all. No, but like not at I, all. I like to imagine that it is because it's coming from Trader Joe's and and everything. I at Trader like Joe's every, is healthy? Question mark. I, I don't think it is. Beg to differ. I don't think it is, but in my mind, it is. You're like I'm like at like a Whole Foods, I, but it's just Trader Joe's. Girl, I went to Whole Foods the other day to get some like breakfast items. Whole Foods items. stresses me out. Well, like I I love Whole Foods. I love grocery stores i'm a libra moon i like expensive grocery stores okay like, of course I, you do i'm like give me that food line i need to spend like 50 bucks hell like, no i'm going to literally be going into erewhon all the time in la <laughs> me as i roll my eyes and continue to go to food lion <laughs> i will be that erewhon i do bitch prefer in LA. Publix. Publix is my Publix. Publix is my favorite the way that everything is the exact same direction trust me is in is in i'm going to be so upset without Publix. you in are LA. you are and for those of you that do not know, if you're not from the South, it is from Florida. So it gets all over the South. My best friend from college, though, she's like obsessed with Wegmans. That is like the tits. Like they're from Rochester, New York, which is where she's from. It's, right. She will go to her grave saying that Wegmans is the best grocery store on planet wow. Earth and that every other answer is inferior and wrong. Um, so. Uh, it's but okay. Yes. It's okay. For all of those of you wondering, I will be that bitch that gets her $10 chai tea lattes and goes to Air One on Sundays. That will be me. Because mm-hmm. you already do that, with, but with Trader Joe's. And, and Whole Foods. Trader Joe's is not that expensive. No, Trader Joe's is a great price but point. I, and I want to hear from you guys, too. Like, DM me. I'm actually asking you to DM me this time. I was at Whole Foods trying to buy, like, some new breakfast items because I don't really eat a lot of breakfast. And I want to really get into breakfast and not eat, like, sugary things did i buy chocolate croissants while i was there yes but that's besides the point it's okay um, baby steps <laughs> i bought apples i bought like all other healthy things but one thing that i bought because i i like eggs mm-hmm. but i hate the idea of eggs okay interesting Does that makes sense like yes. i feel like i'm eating a chicken's period Okay, well, that, that. I will never get that out of my <laughs> head when I'm making eggs now. Thank you for that. Thank you. And then, like, the just, I, like, I'll be eating it. It tastes good. And then the, the texture starts to bother me because I'm, like, realizing what I'm eating. And it's just – I can't dissociate properly from eggs. I can you dissociate from every other meat. Can't. But eggs, yeah. I have mm-hmm. a hard time now. I love eggs. Dissociate so from. Good. So I bought just eggs, which is okay. vegan eggs. It's okay. eggs but made out of plants. 
Mm-hmm. I have not tried them yet. Well, let me know. I'm terrified. They're fucking $7 for a damn fucking bottle. Nope. But bottle? Eggs, eggs, what is it? Like a liquid? Yeah. It's like pre-scrambled. Like you scramble it up and then like you can make eggs. And oh. like it's really healthy for you. There's like a lot of protein and a lot of all this other stuff in it. Like and it's like, eggs make me. I do not like how I feel after I eat eggs. Like they do not huh. agree with my stomach. Interesting. Like. Uh, yeah, I, eggs are not for everybody. I mean, so but I like the taste eggs of them. are not for everybody. I li- but I, <laughs> I feel like, like the taste I'm like of pitching. Them. I love eggs. Yeah. I love omelets, but they do not love me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna try these. I'm gonna try make a cheese omelet because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so healthy. That makes yeah. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. like soybeans and like lentils and mm-hmm. mung beans or whatever in it. I don't have no idea what mm-hmm. any of those words are. Mung beans. <laughs> But I'm going to try it. I, like, want to try more vegan options, like, as I move to L.A. and well, everything. Yeah, because there's, like, a vegan restaurant on every single yeah, corner. Yeah, it's just so much more accessible mm-hmm. out there. And I just know that there's a lot of, like, especially dairy stuff and certain meats that just don't agree with my body. Yeah. Because I don't eat a lot of red meat. So my body, like, whenever I do consume it, is, like, please stop well, trying Well, red meat is harder to digest. Yeah. And I also have to watch, like, certain other things, like, cholesterol and all that kind of stuff. So, like, the fact that I don't eat red meat, and when I choose to eat red meat, my body's like, why are you doing this? What are you doing? What are you doing to us? We We were doing great. We ain't doing this before. I don't know why you thought you could suddenly (laughs) start doing this. It's like, we were doing fine. We were doing fine. Why 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 are you giving us this? Um, (laughs) And it's not because, like, I'm like, save the animals, which, I mean, obviously save the animals, but it's literally just because my body just does not like that food and does not agree with me and I have health issues that I have to maintain and by cutting well, those... Well, maybe LA will be good for you in that you'll have more opportunities to, like, try and see I mean, like, like, I've what never your body responds. I've never had a hot dog. We know this. Yeah, or... Are you the one that's also never had a PB&J? Yes. Okay, yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> How are we friends? I don't know. I've never... <laughs> I haven't had a hamburger since I was five. Um, I have... I eat, like, a R. steak, R. like, once... I eat, like, a steak, like, once a year. Um, like on my birthday because it's a, this one restaurant that's mm-hmm. like immaculate, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I, I'm not like, I don't eat pepperoni pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, I will probably eat pepperoni on my birthday cause I'll have it on the charcuterie board. That'd be the only meat yeah. on that charcuterie because I, other than that, it's all pork meat that's on there and I don't, I don't eat, eat pork. pork. Uh, Maybe we okay. should just not put it on there. So we should just put pepperonis on yeah. there and just put <laughs> cheese make it and like fruit. A- Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, and salsa. <laughs> oh, my God. I also tried the cotton candy grapes. Have you heard about these? Oh, my gosh, yes. My sister so, used to be obsessed with them. I don't like them. Okay, so don't judge me. I don't know if I committed a crime or not. I went to Publix. I saw them. I grabbed one off the vine, um, like one grape. Are you telling me that you've never done that before? No. Oh, I try a grape from every bag before before oh, I buy the no, bag. I've never done it before. No. Oh, like everyone I know does that. Oh, okay, cool. <gasps> You're totally fine to do that. Okay. I've, literally an, an employee watched me do it and they were like, well, was it good? And I was like, yeah, I'm getting the bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I was like, I'm like, I'm not buying this whole bag if I don't try it. Exactly. Grape. Sometimes grapes are like hit or miss and I'm not going to waste my money. It was so juicy. A juicy grape. It exploded into my mouth like a starburst. Oh my God. And I was just like, immediately I was like, where's water? This is so sugary. Oh my God. I need water. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I could not eat a whole oh, no. thing of those. No. I bet they would be they good were, like frozen. Ooh. Like a, a drink. Like a, yeah. And like some white wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did we just have an idea? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Possibly. And a, nice, gra- and a nice little Moscato. The grapes are dangerous for like, you know, they need to be cut in half and we're going to be trying to consume them. 
bitch, how are you? Are you just not going to see a fucking grape and just automatically? Like, <laughs> you never know when there's. It's not like a fucking diamond ring in your damn wine. Involved. Like, damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I work with kids, okay? I look at my food and when I'm eating. Them, I'm sorry. you cut them like, you don't cut them down the middle. Like, you don't cut them so they're like you, a circle. Are you, what, are you, you going to perform surgery on the fucking grape like that meme? No, I'm telling you how to cut your grapes for your children. You cut them the long way of the grape because if you cut it in the middle and it has a circle, it will literally close. It That is like the perfect. That's the only way I've ever cut a grape is the long is, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never saying, cut it the other but way. But people will cut them that way and give oh. them the kids. And I'm like, that literally is the size to go in their airway. Every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. Don't cut your grapes like that. Also, make sure you cut your blueberries. All right. So before we get into today's episode now, thank you for coming to Hannah's TED Talk about food cutting. Anytime. Um, we want to do a couple of housekeeping things really quickly. Make sure you guys are following us on Instagram at the Gals Guide Pod and on our personal social medias, which will also be linked to the show notes. Mine is at Emily Elise. And mine is at Hannah Nicole Adams. We are doing a ton of surveys right now over on our Instagram because we are trying to come out with the merch line. And if you guys want to have any input in that, please check out our Instagram stories. Check out our highlights. They will be there for you guys to vote. Give your opinions because we want to make stuff that you guys actually like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and stuff that we really want as well, too. Exactly. So let us know. Also, make sure you guys, if you're listening on Apple, that you are giving us a five-star review. Leave us a little comment. Let us know that you're listening and that you love what you're hearing. We love hearing from you guys. It really makes our day. We keep seeing the numbers go up in our ratings, so it really helps us out. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button. And without further ado, we have a very special guest today on our episode. She is a longtime listener, close friend. She's friends with two other girls on the that we've had on the show before, too. So we're so excited to have her on. So let's go ahead and get into today's interview. Alrighty. So zooming into the studio today, we have the host of the Love Addict Coach podcast. She has over 145,000 followers on TikTok, and she is encouraging a more holistic take on relationships and making everyone super aware of their attachment styles. Everyone, please welcome Gina Lovato. Hi, thank you Hi. so much for having me. Super, I'm a big fan of you guys. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's so sweet of you. We love you. I actually found out about you through one of our other previous guests that we've had, uh, Christy Taylor and Ali Ringer. I We love them both. Like They're super close friends of the podcast. And I think I saw Christy share something of yours and I immediately was like, dive in deep like into like your TikTok. I was like, who is this girl? I need to know everything about her instantly. Yes. I'm a big fan of, of Christy as well. And I follow all of her stuff and we, we found each other on TikTok and we've kind of migrated to Instagram and we've, we've, um, we've done some lives together. And so I, I love everything she says. I totally stand by everything she says for sure. That's awesome. Um, so for everybody that doesn't know who you are and everything, um, tell our audience like a little bit about yourself and like, honestly, like, what kind of got you like into being a dating coach, but also um, eventually led to you like having your podcast and then getting on TikTok and growing as big as you have? Yeah. So, you know, I never wanted to be a coach. Uh, I, I was an actress and oh, um, same feel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, I also, um, basically how it started was I actually got sober when I was like 24 years old and, and I started uh, going into 12-step programs and therapy and just kind of like working on my healing. And 
you know, I was 24, 24 years old. I was sober, but I had a lot of relationship issues, you know, with the people that I was dating. And all of a sudden it was like, wait a second, my whole life has been like this. Um, this, I had this awakening that, you know, I had a pattern and that I was the common denominator. And so I, I decided to get a coach because I, you know, I can't, I won't tell you the whole story. (laughs) I do have a podcast that has my story on it, but you know, there was a guy that I was crazy, madly obsessed with, and we were sort of in a relationship, but it didn't really feel official. You know, I didn't, I felt like he was sort of hiding me in a way. He had a very public social media and I was rarely part of it. (laughs) Sounds very familiar to me. (laughs) Long story short, you know, I just thought like, I can't keep doing this, right? Like I feel really crappy about myself. I don't feel confident in this relationship. So I decided to get a dating coach and in that journey, I actually stopped dating for, um, you know, about a year and a half to focus back on myself. And that was really scary. And I didn't want to do it because, you know, who wants to do that? You know, especially if you have a habit of always being with someone, the last thing I want to do is be alone. But I had to do that because I hadn't done it really ever before. Um, Ever, you know, even when I was 15 years old, I had a boyfriend, you know? Mm. So Um, part of my process working with my own dating coach was being single, refocusing back on my life. I was three credits short, three classes short of my bachelor's degree. I went back to school. I finished my degree. Um, I refocused back on my acting. I made a bunch of friends in acting. Um, and so I put the focus back on me. Uh, and then I decided to jump back into dating and, I wish I could say that it went perfectly, but you know, old habits die hard. I got involved with someone I worked with that ended very mm. poorly. Wow, that sounds so <laughs> familiar. Wow, that is I'm like wow. You guys are literally the same person. It's fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I was able to implement it, right? Even though I had all these ideas, I knew everything that my dating coach was telling me, and yet it was still hard to sort of implement it because I was having this new experience. So long story short, it's been a lot of ups and downs. I'm finally in a relationship that I, you know, is going really well. It's been a year and a half. We're talking about getting married. We're looking at engagement rings. Um, that part I can't relate to. I, I can't, I can't relate. <laughs> now we're here. Yeah. This is so funny. And, you know, the journey never ends. Like now I have to think about marriage, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. why I'm terrified of that, you know? So um, I kind of got to a point, honestly, where I was just feeling really disappointed with, um, with acting and feeling like, you know, what, what would I really love to do? What can I do every single day, which I would never get what I, which I wouldn't get sick of. And that was how I got into coaching. I was like, I, you know, I have a lot of friends, um, who were calling me over time and being like, wow, like I can see that what you were doing with your coach made such a difference. And all of a sudden people are calling, you know, me for advice. And, um, and so I decided to start a coaching program and try something different. And part of starting my program was 
getting on social media, which was really scary for me. And I had like a really great response. And so I basically started my social media in February of this year. And so it's just been like a whirlwind. That is so exciting. Yes. And I feel like now I should become a dating coach just to like be like super simpatico with you. It'd be great. But I, yeah, that is, I've heard a lot of, we've, I think we both have heard a lot of stories like that. It's so interesting to hear how many people are super affected by like these situationships, like in a way, would you, is that what you would say? Like what the situation was like with you and that first guy, like it was almost like really unclear, like what the terminology of the relationship was and I feel like a lot of women nowadays are having those moments and it's being like a breakthrough for them and they're getting like this um clarity from it in a way and I think that's super interesting that it that was that for you um absolutely but you market yourself as a little bit more of like a holistic look at dating can you like tell us a little bit like what you mean by that and like how you um define it, I guess? Yeah. So the way I like to think of holistic is that, um, well, obviously like in terms of there's not any sort of medication, right? Like you don't need anything outside of yourself really to, to start doing the work. And that if we work on ourselves, our mind, our own mental health, our physical health, just life balance, that things are going to shift um, for us just sort of in the outside world because our relationships can be a reflection of where we're at, right? Mm-hmm. So if I think about, and I think, shout out to your, your your most recent podcast you guys hosted. Like, let's take the situation of being in a situationship, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm afraid um, that if I say I want a relationship, like he's going to run away. And so I don't say it. Um, and therefore, like, I end up in this thing where I'm not really happy and I can't really trust the person that I'm with because we don't, you know, we're not exclusive, whatever, mm-hmm. versus me taking some time to myself and being like, hey, I want to be in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship where we're exclusive. There is a label on it. I don't want someone telling me that I'm asking for too much for asking to label our relationship. And being confident about that Mm -hmm. and approaching the situation confidently. Now the people I'm attracting are going to want to be in a relationship as well. And if they don't, I know that that's not the person for me and trusting that that's okay. And I think trusting yourself, that's what it comes down to. Cause I feel like I, at least for me, like it was a lot of not trusting myself in the beginning and trusting that my needs were important uh as whatever he wanted as well like we were equal in that whole sense and I think a lot of that and what I've been told from the plethora of guests that we've had on the show (laughs) is that it um kind of like all just comes back to like attachment theory and I know you've talked a lot about it like on your TikTok and on your Instagram um and, and you're doing a whole uh like class on it right now which you guys will have a link to as well too if you, for her seminar we'll put it in our show notes for you guys to check out but we would love to know like what you think about attachment theory and how you feel like it like relates into relationships and just break it down because we've done a whole episode on it very very early on in our um show like I think it was like 
episode number four. Yeah, it was like really early. On. And we, it was just like us and Google uh, <laughs> teaching this about like attachment theory. But I love to know like what your take on it is. So I'll do the I'll do this short little brief rundown on attachment theory. Is that everyone has an attachment style. And when they show up to a romantic relationship, and usually the origin has to do with the family, with mm. um, your parents when you are a child, it develops really young, um, or it can develop in your life, um, just from relationship, like early relationships that you have. So the primary ones, there's a lot of different authorities who describe different types of styles. I like the book Attached because it kind of just keeps it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, anxious attachment, which I think a lot of my clients are because that's primarily what I am, which is when you tend to be preoccupied. So if you like someone, you'll think about them a lot. They tend to get feelings right away for people without knowing them. And there is part of them that believes that the person that they're with is not going to meet their needs at some point. So they have this sixth sense for danger is what they say that I'm afraid you're going to abandon me. And so I'm hyper aware of any little indication that you might be leaving me. (laughs) (laughs) Relate. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, And so then there's the avoidant where the avoidant does not tend to seek intimacy and closeness they're the type of person that is going to come on really strong at the beginning and then they're going to pull away as soon as things get too close. And that's usually because um, they have an experience of being suffocated or feeling like enmeshed, usually like with one of their parental figures. Um, And so then there's the secure attachment, which are people that are able to um, face conflict head on. They can comfort themselves and they also expect their partner to show up for them. So where people get into trouble is um, this thing called the anxious avoidant trap Mm -hmm. because an anxious person feels like they need to resolve conflict right away. Um, They're afraid that their person is going to leave them if they don't resolve the conflict. Whereas an avoidant person needs to step away. They're the person that needs space. They need to be away from you. So that's where people get into trouble is when the anxious person really feels like they need to resolve conflict and the avoidant person is like, I need you to be away from me. And that's a really hard situation to be in because often there's no resolution that, you know, you don't resolve the conflict that's happening. Yeah, it's like a never-ending cycle kind of thing, which it just all Mm -hmm. alludes back to my 26th birthday when I was in a relationship with this guy, the doctor, and uh, he was your classic avoidant. Even though he has gone to therapy and he has been told that he's a fearful avoidant, and I'm like, whatever, you're still avoiding me. Um, It's fine. (laughs) And... (laughs) We were having a fight and he kept walking away from me. And I'm like, I'm literally just trying to talk to you. And he's like, no, I, I can't. Like, I need to just be away from this. And I'm like, this is, it, it just drives me insane. And 
it was interesting because I thought for the longest time that I was, you know, secure and fine or even more avoidant. I feel like that's what you had thought for a little bit because I just still don't open up to many people. And then I was in that relationship and it almost like when I was in a relationship with somebody who was avoidant, it made me more anxious. But when I'm not in a relationship, I feel like I can be more secure slash borderline avoidant, but not like to the extent that he was avoidant, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think that's super common that people will feel like it's a spectrum. I totally identify like as I, I've, I've always been an anxious one. And in the relationship I'm in now, there's been times where um, I get upset and I need to get away from him, which is a little, um, which is uncommon for me. So I'd relate. And I think that it's sort of a spectrum and, and different people can bring out different things in us, which I think is important. And which I think is why in the book attached, they suggest if you have an insecure attachment style, like an anxious or avoidant, the secure person can help level that out a little bit. Okay. Well, that's good to know because I feel like a lot of people think that they get stuck. Like, like I'm only anxious. I'm only this style and I'm not going to ever change. But I think, like, I think of one of my friends who used to say that he had a fear of a commitment and then he met a girl and they moved in together after only knowing each other for two weeks. Uh, so like, I think it just, it is like water. It just ebbs and flows kind of thing. And I don't think like you have to be like this one particular style. And would you say that there's ways that people can work from going from anxious to secure, like in order to better themselves or like from avoidant to secure? Um, because it's definitely not probably an overnight thing that they can work on. Absolutely. I mean, that's basically what my job entails is trying yeah. to help people get there. Because <laughs> um, that's what I have done and continually continue to do for myself is, you know, find that ever elusive, secure attachment style. And what is what does it mean? What are the characteristics of that? Um, so not only self-regulating, but for me, my biggest journey has been an effective communication because the one of the biggest characteristics of the anxious attachment is the protest behavior, right? All of a sudden we start like throwing a tantrum or we block someone or we call someone a hundred times. That sort of, um, all of a sudden we're like a five-year-old, right? So for me, what's been really important has been coming up with a script, like literally what are the words that I need to say? Mm -hmm. Um, and how do I get them out of my mouth in a nice way (laughs) without calling anyone (laughs) names, you know, or threatening to break up with someone. Um, so, you know, and going back to when we were talking about holistic, most of what I suggest to people is really like writing, like self-reflection and learning what does a healthy relationship look like? What, what does a secure attachment look like? And one day at a time trying to get themselves there and being gentle when you don't do it. Cause like you said, it's not overnight. It takes a long time and a lot of patience and we can have a lot of perfectionist perfectionism around it. So we need to be gentle with ourselves in the process. I think there's a lot of power in what you just said, like with self-reflecting, because I feel like we all get caught up in like what we see on Instagram and like other people talking about their relationships and like giving their advice and what is healthy to them. But like, it's really important, I think, to like sit back and 
say what's healthy to me and like what does a healthy relationship look like for myself because my relationship is not going to look like your relationship it's not going to look like your relationship so I think there's a lot of power in that and I think that's something that a lot of people forget to do is to like sit down and just like ask themselves the questions instead of just kind of taking every all the little bits and pieces they've found out on the internet and like trying to apply them to their life because they don't always work for you and so like individualizing that by like being with yourself and asking those hard questions like a pinterest board relationship in a way (laughs) exactly like you're like picking the bits and pieces like oh well that's a good idea and that's a good idea but i don't think i can't curate a relationship yeah i don't think i've ever sat down and been like what is a healthy relationship look like to me and like i think that's really powerful and i think that's something more people should try and implement into their dating yeah you know well what like for you like when you're like you're talking to clients like what what would you say like for sure like looks like what what does a secure relationship look like what does a healthy relationship look like so i think the primary characteristic is that we should be allowed to talk about our feelings without being punished for them mm-hmm. and you know yes maybe i need to you know what i've been doing lately when i get upset is like go to the couch for like an hour and my partner is available for that he lets me do that but you know we're not talking days here right we're not talking like a whole night of like someone being blocked and someone calling repeatedly so i think the ability to resolve conflict and to feel like you're hurt right because that's also such a big issue that i don't feel like you're hearing me i don't feel like you're validating how i'm feeling so i think that's really important resolving conflict in a way that brings you closer together rather than has you questioning, am I with the wrong person? Yeah. It's almost like it's you two, like we always say it's you two versus the problem, not you guys versus each other. And the problem exactly like the topic of conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I think like for a lot of people, like if you haven't been like in a healthy relationship or seen like your like if your parents like weren't in a healthy relationship like if you have not actually seen what a healthy relationship looks like it's very easy for you to get stuck like in those toxic cycles and those toxic relationships so you don't know maybe like what to look for and like what you may think that the red flags are just like the line to the carnival and not like a warning sign <laughs> you never know like what you're looking for in a way and when we're talking about like looking at a healthy relationship what one of those characters look characters this look like but then how do you like tell clients who have like say they've only been in toxic relationships what are like key signs that they can like look out for when they're um trying to decide like is this healthy or not or are these all red flags and i'm in a toxic relationship again how can they differentiate the two Well, I do think it's important to look at what, you know, shouldn't be happening as well. I don't want to generalize and say like, you shouldn't be fighting all the time, right? Like, because when I was in, when I was in a history of toxic relationships, that was all that I knew. And so it's really easy for me to be on the other side where, you know, my partner and I have stuff come up, but it's not the same sort of crazy chaotic fighting that I'm used to. So I do, I do think that there shouldn't be fighting. I think there should be conversations and there can be emotions, but 
there shouldn't be this constant disconnect feeling like you can't connect with the person that you're with. Um, I, I'm really big on availability. I've been in a lot of relationships where like I see someone once a week and I'm constantly in this state of like, are you going to see me? Are you going to make time for me? So I think, you know, being in a relationship where someone is actively pursuing you or making time to see you and you don't feel like if I don't make plans with this person, I might not see them. Yeah. Like Like if I don't text them first, if I don't text them first, then we're just never going to have a conversation kind of thing. Cause I've definitely been in those shoes many, many times before, uh, more than I like to admit, but I want to quickly like go back to like one thing that you said, which was when you're on the other side, it's easier for you to be able to point out those certain things. And I think for me, at least I have realized that, you know, I was in all these uh, toxic relationships where I was the anxious person dating somebody who was avoidant. And now I'm on the other side of that. And I have friends coming to me with similar problems. And I'm like, I have literally been in your shoes. Like, I know exactly how this is going to go. I know what is going to happen. Like, I know exactly what they're going to say next and trying to like help them and give advice. And then they don't listen. And I'm like, oh my God, was I this annoying? Um, Not like in a bad way, but it's like, oh, okay. I see why everyone was frustrated with me whenever I talked about this dude. (laughs) Yeah. But I think there's one, like as a friend, there's only so much you can do. I mean, I think there's some people like myself where you just have to go through it and learn the hard way. And that's the only way, unfortunately. And it's probably the most effective way too, honestly. (laughs) But It's easier to be able to see the signs like when you're on the other side, because I would say like when I was in that relationship, there are things now like looking back, I was like, oh no, that was like super like borderline abusive in a way and um you almost like question like why did I tolerate like all of this like why did I allow for this to happen and for someone to treat me this way that I would never have allowed before and in a way I think I'm not condoning like these toxic relationships at all but in a way I think for me if I had not if I had gone through it if I had not gone through it before, I probably would not have learned the certain lessons that I have learned. And it sucks that that had to be the way that I had to learn to better those behaviors. But unfortunately, that was the way. And so I think for some people, um, that's the mindset that they kind of get in with it. And some people, I, I encourage them that they prove me wrong whenever this kind of typical scenario, I'm like, please, for the sake of my like sanity, prove me wrong, please. I would love to be wrong for once in my life. <laughs> I so relate and I am totally in the same boat, uh, the same train of thought that people have to come to the conclusions on their own. That's the only way that I've ever learned anything. And it's funny being a coach because you know, if all of these, if this sort of tough love worked, you know, we would watch a video on social media where the girl's like, girl, don't mess with that guy. You know what I mean? And we would like, we would be like, oh, don't mess with that guy. You know what I mean? But like, you wouldn't have a job. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. We we wouldn't have a podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And so it's an interesting perspective. And I think that's what my coach did with me was more like, how can I help this person see uh, for themselves, right? Like my job is not to determine whether someone is available or not. And then like, tell them, Hey, that guy's not available. You know, my job is to help this other person see if this is a good match for them or not. And yeah, I, I think I kind of had that when you were talking, I had this image in my head of like, here's unhealthy and here's healthy. And it's like a straight line spectrum. And we kind of just have to like go through these experiences and like hope that we're moving forward. Right. <laughs> Instead of like going backwards or like in this circle and really just all we can do is get, get better and hope that we get healthier. Yeah. Um, well, I think my relationship is healthy now because I've done a lot of work around what it means to be healthy, but maybe this one doesn't work out and I'm in another one later and I'm like, Oh, well this is healthy now, you know, yeah. Cause all we can gauge it against is our experience. Yeah. I, I do have one question. Cause I think, and I think it's interesting that something is a take that I've seen a lot on social media, especially where, you know, you've only been in toxic relationships and you dated like these like avoidant guys or whoever. And suddenly you're with someone who is secure and like the quote unquote, a nice guy. And they're like, well, this is just boring. Like he's into me. Like there's no chase. Like I'm, I'm bored in a way. So what does it look like to be an anxious person dating a secure person? Like, what does that process look like when you, um, cause we know like an avoidant secure relationship is probably not a thing. Like the avoidant person, the secure person's not going to probably tolerate an avoidant person too much. Um, because it's just like, okay, well I don't have time for this. Goodbye. But I feel like probably there's more secure, anxious relationships. Like when you're trying to get healthier, you're seeing that more often. And do you feel like anxious people start to like pull away or push away or do that help them become more secure? You know, I'm sure every uh, circumstance exists. The first thing that I wanted to touch on was that I think what is so attractive with the anxious avoidant is that there's a really big and intensity. It's like the magnets, right? Um, there's something about that relationship that psychologically is very intense. Mm -hmm. So that's why if an anxious person, um, has been with avoiding people a lot and they're used to that sort of intensity, they go to a secure person and they're going to be like, Oh, well, I don't like this person because there's no fireworks or there's not this intensity. They're not like obsessing about them and they think that they don't like them. So in my experience, you know, how I talk to you guys about choosing to take a period off of not dating and focusing back on myself. I literally think that I withdrew, I withdrew all of that energy and got myself back to like zero. Okay. And there was times where I felt like, I was boring. You know what I mean? I was like, this is boring. I have no one on the back burner. I'm going to sleep by myself. I'm driving to school every day and letting myself sort of stabilize and normalize and get back to like zero. And because I had done that and really educated myself about the dangers of that sort of intensity, um, I don't think there was that much of a difference when I did find someone that was secure because I was excited about the person. I was excited to see him. I had fun with him. It didn't feel like 
a drag to me. Um, that's just my experience. But I think it, like I said, I think it was because I took time to be by myself and I wasn't over prioritizing that intensity. I think that's what your boyfriend definitely did. I mean, both y'all kind of did, but he for sure like mm-hmm. took that time to kind of like collect himself before he was like ready to be like, I know I have one shot with you left. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that I get like the right shot because <laughs> she's not going to take me back if I mess up again kind of thing. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, I would. <laughs> and I feel like that's the kind of place that I'm in right now where like, granted I am moving to Los Angeles in the fall, but I have like taken like all this time off from dating. And like I said, back at the beginning of the summer that I was going to have a hot girl summer and go on like all these like dates on like hinge and everything just like for fun. Uh, and I haven't gone on a single one because I get on hinge and I'm like disgusting. Ew. No, gross. <laughs> um, do not want to do like, it's just, I'm bored by the, by the idea of dating and not in a bad way. It's just that like, I don't want to date just like anybody because I'm like available or whatever. Like I want to like actually like put energy into it and there's no one that's coming across my feed or whatever right now that's like I feel like it's worthy and I think it's the time alone it helps you raise your standards also more so you don't tolerate the standards of having a toxic relationship um like you probably have in the past uh and I also like coincidentally like I haven't been drinking either so I don't know if we're on the same life path journey or not I have no idea but (laughs) <laughs> there's also that for me too so maybe we're just on the same life path journey <laughs> and hopefully that means I'll be in a secure relationship soon then <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> I I think one thing that is interesting is the fearful avoidant attachment style which it's very like I think it's like the rarest one and I did hear like that's the one that like the doctors allegedly Mm -hmm. um where it's like a combination kind of the two like you crave the intimacy but you also like push away as soon as you get it and it's the most rarest one but i what i found interesting was that avoidant people is that makes up like 25 percent of the population but they are like the most often on dating apps because like they're the ones that are probably single nine times out of ten and it just fascinates me that that is like no wonder that people keep getting in this cycle because they're all over my hinge or my bumble and everything and I think it's sometimes hard for people to tell like which one they might be whether it's avoidant or fearful avoidant and I wanted to know like what your take on the two were yeah I mean my understanding is the same of yours that the fearful avoidant is sort of both of them right and mm-hmm. my understanding also is that that's the more rare form which is funny because everyone thinks that that is their type yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, there's actually there's another book that just came out called um, breakup boot camp by Amy Chan it's really good and we love her she has We're obsessed <laughs> with her oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, we, want, we want her on our show so badly, but she is always so booked. Yeah. Well, she's, she has an opinion in the book that um, there's actually, like, a lot of people that think that they are fearful avoidant are actually anxious attachment with coping mechanisms. 
And, you know, I could see myself as that as well, right? Like I believe I'm an anxious attachment, but I have a coping mechanism of, okay, I need to take time away from you now. Maybe that's my coping mechanism because I've been with avoidance and that's what they do. And so I learned how to do that too. Um, or, you know, my coping mechanism is like, I want to, I want to, um, get upset and break up with him. Right. But because I'm trying not to say that my coping mechanism is I need to be away from you right now. I'm going to go sleep on the couch. So I think that's an interesting take. And, you know, kind of at the end of the day, I don't know how precious we need to be about defining them because the solution is kind of always the same is like, try and be more secure yeah, <laughs> and learn what that means and how to, to uh, uh, try to be more vulnerable. <laughs> just be yeah. vulnerable and, you know, just, just talk that literally, I always say like 99% <laughs> of my relationships would have probably ended better if we had just talked about our problems. Like <laughs> Instead of just For like sure. being indirect about everything. If we had just been like upfront and honest, would have saved like so much trouble. It truly does. And no one teaches you how to do that. Like, I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys had some nice family dynamics, but like my family wasn't over here telling me how to like communicate. Like they were, they were pulling the same stuff. You know what I mean? No, we don't talk about our feelings. We don't talk about the problem. Like you don't have any right to be feeling the way you're feeling. So of course I'm going to go out and like accept and be with people who treat me that way oh yeah 100 percent. like I look at uh not to put my mother on blast but like <laughs> she listens to the show <laughs> like the woman I asked her I'm like what's wrong she's like nothing I'm like we're not this is why I can't talk about my problems this is because I learned this from you like you don't talk about what's bothering you so therefore I take that into relationships so aka mom this is all your fault it's what I'm saying <laughs> Oh no. I mean, I tell my father all the time, they're, they're still married, but I tell them, I tell him all the time. I'm like, you're the reason that like, I can't find a nice guy because you've set these standards so high. So it's just great for me. I'm just screwed either way. <laughs> you're great about meanwhile, that. I was going to say, meanwhile, like half of my family was like, like my, my brother, dad, sister, like you know, kind of like, don't really communicate their feelings. Meanwhile, my mother and I are like, this is exactly what you did. And this is why I'm mad. And like, I'm very, like me and my boyfriend, like both Aries. We are both (laughs) Aries. Yes, we are. Um, that's a lot. Um, but like my boyfriend and I, like we have a conflict and I'm just like, I didn't like X, Y, and Z. And then we talk about it immediately. Like it's like, maybe some time will pass if like I need a chance to cool down. Cause I'm I'm really fiery and sometimes I react in not great ways, but I am not afraid to communicate like what's going on. Yeah. I Especially mean, if it's somebody that I am like, that I trust. Now, if it was just like some random person I had met, probably wouldn't be as like quick to say what's up, but. Yeah. But like you also have a secure attachment, I think as well too, which does help. And I, for a second you thought like maybe you were anxious, but I was like, no, like you have a very healthy, secure. Like if, if you were in my relationships, you would have never tolerated anything that would happen. No, you wonder why I'm always the one that breaks up with people. I'm always, You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm done always with this. the dumper. You're like, and meanwhile, I just be the dumpy because it's just easier to play the victim card. Um, <laughs> <in that situation. laughs> 
like, uh, what was me? Oh, God. <laughs> I think that it's possible, like, for everybody to get to this place where you feel secure. And whether that is, like, going to therapy or whether that's seeing, like, a coach like you or just literally talking to the person that they're in a relationship with, I think that anybody can be secure. But it just takes the right person to, like, I guess, like, be in a relationship with, because if you're with somebody, like, I think I tried to get so secure with the doctor I was dating, but he just, every time I tried to have that intimacy and that closeness with him, he would just literally push so much farther away that it only made me want the intimacy more, and I think that's where the anxiousness came from. On top of me already having, like, regular anxiety, it didn't really help. (laughs) But I have noticed that ever since like I left that relationship and have been other ones, you've seen it firsthand where I dated other people like the actor. Yes, I dated an, an actor, which I, um, I'm sure you might be able to relate to. It's not a great idea. Uh, <laughs> I was able to like be more upfront and communicate a little bit better because he was more secure and he had a healthy relationship like with his family and everything. And I think that probably plays like a huge role in what this pro- the, the person you're dating's like relationship is outside of you with other people. Absolutely. It takes two to tango. And so that's why I, my heart goes out to anxious people because they usually tend to take responsibility and they think it's my fault. I was too needy or I called a hundred times, but really, you know, are you not acknowledging the unavailability of the, uh, the person on the other side? Um, because you know, I too, I relate so much to what you said about just handling conflict as it comes up and like having a conversation. Don't get me wrong. Like I still get into my protest behavior sometimes, but my partner is here for it. <laughs> he, do- he doesn't run away. He doesn't like, bring it on. <laughs> leave the apartment. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, I was, I dated the most recent dating person that I dated that was like really toxic, literally would leave my apartment, just would like leave. And then like wouldn't answer the phone and then I wouldn't see him for like days, like really bad. So even though like, you know, I have a part, I have a part in it. It's still, I'm, I'm just so much less crazy being with someone that doesn't make me crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 100%. I am a very relaxed person, but if you just start (laughs) acting like a complete narcissistic asshole, you are going to like, it's literally why I always say, like, if a guy calls his ex-girlfriend crazy, it, my first question is, okay, what did you do to make her crazy? Because she probably wasn't crazy <laughs> to start with. You just fucked something up and did that yourself. And I think also uh, just being able to like, be more aware. I think being more aware of red flags, especially, like, taking this time to be single and everything has been – has made me more able to, like, listen to my gut intuition more. Like, there was this one dude – um, we call him John Mayer. Um, it's not actually John Mayer. I wish it was John Mayer, but, (laughs) but like, there was a lot of like red flags that I was able to point out and notice because I had taken time to kind of reconnect with myself and my intuition. And I think that was a lot more valuable than I thought it was because I wasn't taking the time to be single because I wanted to reconnect with myself. I just, was bored and couldn't find anybody else that I liked. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to be single. And in this time I learned things about myself, just a happenstance. And I think that was something valuable that if I had like, you know, broken up like with the actor and immediately jumped into a relationship with John Mayer, then like it probably 
I would not have had that moment of realization in a way. So I think it's really valuable like what you said about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes being more secure, being more self-reflective means being single because you are less likely to get into something that might not be a good match. And that is something that I just have to, I guess, accept. Listen, you're moving to LA. Just live the single life. <laughs> the single life in LA for all of us. Like, for all, that's that's also what everybody's banking on. They're, she was like, "Do you really want to move to like across the country and be in a relationship with someone here?" No, uh, <laughs> just go like live the single life in Los Angeles. But before we let you go, one thing we like to do like every episode is kind of do a. Uh, survival tip that kind of sums up everything and so I would love to know like what your survival tip is for or that is becoming like more secure or like dealing with your attachment theory or you know just trying to like get more in tune with yourself whatever your survival tip may be like in regards to this episode what do you think it is I think that you know if you identify as someone with an anxious attachment an insecure attachment style a love addict we need to do everything possible, right? We need to go to therapy. We need to go to a 12 step group. We need to meditate. We need to pray. We need to read books. Like it just doesn't end, you know, even though I, I claim to have found, you know, an amazing relationship and I'm thinking about getting married. There's so much there. I'm afraid of intimacy. I don't know what it looks like to be married for 20 years. So like, I'm not done, you know, like the work, always continues. And I think that we need to take every resource that we can and make sure that we're the number one priority every day that we prioritize our mental health, our sanity. And yeah, just like take, take advantage of the resources that we have. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it it truly is never an an, like ending cycle because just you mentioning marriage to me makes me um, shut down a little bit because I'm like, mm, I already lived the rest of my life with myself. Uh, the idea of adding another person in there is a little bit terrifying. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like, I need to be engaged by the end of 2021. <laughs> you're like, I'm tired of waiting. We need to get this done with. <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> how, how long have you guys been together, you and your partner? Over two years. Awesome. Two years, but you also dated in high school. But he was also my first boyfriend when I was 15. So So. (laughs) there's a whole, there's a whole baggage there. (laughs) History. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have not been in a relationship longer than six months. Uh, So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. But before we let you go, um, we want to give you like the floor really quickly to give everyone like your whole social media, everything, where can people find you? Give it all a shout out. Let people know where they can get at you. Yeah. So my handle on TikTok and Instagram is the love addict coach. And, um, my, I believe my YouTube is the same. I really don't have that much up on YouTube yet. Uh, my website is the love addict dot online. So that one's a little bit different. The love addict dot online. Um, I do one-on-one coachings. I'm, I usually have classes running. I don't have one right now because I'm transferring. I have a mindful dating course that's going to be online. So it's going to be self-guided. Um, you can do it at your own pace. You can do it in the privacy of your home. You don't have to talk to anybody. Um, so that should be, I'm, my goal is to have that up by August 1st. 
So that's like the next big thing that I have coming out. And yeah, I think that's it. Perfect. And we will leave a link to everything where people can find you in the show notes to come and check you out. And we have loved having you on the show today. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us about this because trust me, it's probably a lot more insightful than episode number four of us uh, talking about attachment styles. So thank you so much, Gina. It's been such a delight having you. Thank you. I'm such a fan and um, yeah, I hope to be in touch with you guys again soon. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and on our personal social media, which will be linked in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us out, gals. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey.